It's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider with Jeff Franklin, Stephen McFadden, and Bill Petrie. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. The Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Jeff, Stephen, and Bill. Welcome to yet another episode of the Industry Insider Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Bill Petrie, president of Promo Corner. With me is Jeff Franklin and Stephen McFadden, but we'll get to those two fine gentlemen in just a few seconds. But first, I want to thank our great sponsor, Halls & Company, better known as ID Line. They are really a tremendously great company. They have a great online inventory program that any distributor can go work through for badges, mouse pads, counter mats, and they have a whole new product line of coasters, and they're really, really phenomenal. They're a 48-year-old family-run company with a staff that quite literally has hundreds of years of combined experience. You'd be hard-pressed to find another supplier in the industry that has as much experience as Halls & Company does. They offer really great, they have a really great free spec sample program. So um, if you want some free self-promos, and gosh darn it, who doesn't, go to selfpromo.idline.com. You can upload your artwork all the specific details you want, and they're going to produce 100 free re-sticket calendars just for you. That's right. Not for me. Not for the other two yuck monkeys on this podcast. Just for you. And those are repositionable decals that will keep your name in front of your clients. Now, I mentioned that there are two other fine gentlemen on this podcast with me. Jeff Franklin, who is the National Accounts Manager with Headwear USA. Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing great, Bill. Happy to be here. Also not believable. And with me <laughs> as well, and Jeff, is Stephen McFadden, CAS. I haven't mentioned that yet. He is a certified advertising mm-hmm. specialist and also the president of Perfect Promotions and more. Stephen, how are you? Glorious. Glorious. Was it, ble- was it believable? It was way better. It was way better than Franklin's uh, half-hearted attempt, which is why we need something else. And this podcast is missing something we recognize that. I don't think I've mentioned it on every episode, but I'm mentioning it again now. It's something we call the fourth chair, and we know that that fourth chair needs to be occupied by the female voice. And it's something we're missing on this podcast and, quite frankly, in our industry. So if you are a female, it doesn't matter if you're a service provider, if you're a supplier, or if you are a distributor, we'd love to have you sit in with us on one of these future podcasts where we dissect one industry topic from every possible angle of the industry. And hopefully by the end of the 20 to 25 minutes we have together, we get somewhere, or at the very least, have a little bit more understanding of everybody's perspective. So if you're interested in in being part of this silly little broadcast, go ahead and email me at bill at promocorner.com. Now, I had mentioned that Jeff and Steven are with me, and we we know what topic we're going to talk about in advance because it gives us an opportunity to do a little research. Today is one of my favorite topics we've talked about so far, and it's something we have not talked about on any platform that I'm aware of. Rush jobs. Oh, the proliferation of rush jobs from distributors. Where did we go wrong? Did we do it to ourselves? So I'm going to start with you, Jeff working at in a high-powered position at a high-powered supplier what percentage of orders come in that are, are marked either urgent super urgent beyond urgent nuclear meltdown urgent rush more than there should be 
<laughs> that's not a number. That's yeah, you're right. That's not a number. I don't know if I can quantify it to be honest with you. I think uh, I mean it's it, it's at least at 15 or 20 percent, and th- okay. that's that's counting the ones that we can actually do or the ones that we decide to take on. Got it. Okay, Stephen. Now you're a distributor. You're uh, of a successful distributor. How often do you submit rush orders? I'm not asking the reason why. I'm just asking the number. I would say at least 20% of okay. our orders probably end up being of the rush variety. Okay. Are you, now, are, are you piggybacking cool. off of me, Steve? I think he is. You know what? 17%. <laughs> so uh, let me it, ask It you, is quantifiable. Let me ask you this, Stephen, <laughs> and I want you to be honest. Yes. This is, this is, no one's listening. This is a transparent room of honesty. Yes. Of the 17.7% of POs you submit with a rush designation, how many of those are true rushes because of a client issue, percentage-wise, and how many are just, I'm putting it in as a rush because I'm afraid if I don't, it's not going to get done on time? Oh, this is juicy. Ooh, uh, I would say... I asked the tough questions here. That's right. I, I would say 75-plus percent of them are actually rush jobs. Okay. So there's still 25% of them out there that are that are not that right. we put in as rush. So, so here's the bigger question. Yes. Why do you try to job the system? By putting in those orders as rush, mm. just because I know there's a reason. Sure, I want you to share that reason. Sure, um, those those smaller amount, but the still you know 25 percent, not a, a small number of that big number, but um, it has a lot to do with what pr- the product is, like where it's being ma- manufactured. You know, if we see that something says seven to ten days, but we're now approaching let's say Thanksgiving when all Q4 projects are coming in and we start seeing factories say, okay, we're no longer doing 24 turns and we're no longer doing this. Mm. You know, we have to hedge it. So we, we know our order. If we put a date that we say it'll be done by, we have this all the time happen where, you know, no fault of anyone, but they say, you know, we waited to the ninth day to produce it. Machine broke. Or we waited to the, you know, eighth day of your ten day production, but it's actually going to take us twelve, and now we've run out of time. You know, mm-hmm. so, so we're we're kind of, I want to say that there's a there's like some sort of magical formula we look at to figure that out, but really it's, you know, who's the supplier? Have we had issues with production kind of before this, like kind of leading up into it, where we can see the trend of, of the industry picking up speed, or you know, certain products running out, or things mm-hmm. like that. We kind of we kind of have to play a little guessing game. Uh, we know it may hurt um, hurt it, but now if they come back and they 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 push back, you know, we'll, we'll be pretty honest with with how much time we really have. So what you're saying um, is you'll be honest if they call you on your own bullshit, correct? Per, per, yeah. You okay. know, when, when caught. We'll, okay, we'll, no, that's we'll fair. Hey, look, again, there's no judgment there, by the way. That was not a judgmental statement. I'm just, you know, I'm succinctly putting a bow on that for our listening audience sure i'm judging <laughs> so you, you judged right away you go right ahead so so dr franklin let me let me ask you this you think about 25 percent of the orders that come in as rush are are, are bogus correct uh, at least that yeah i mean mm-hmm. and and again i mean it comes down to us actually firing back because 
Hey, Nick Mirich, this one's for you, bud. Uh, mm-hmm. Your lack of preparation leaves me no reason to panic. Oh, um, that is that is a very Nick Mirich quote. Is that it is not? a very Nick Mirich quote, and when it comes from a six foot ten Aussie, it, 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 mm-hmm. it's that much more intimidating. Sorry, absolutely. Um, so no, I mean, listen, we we can do what we can do, and we can't what we can't. Um, that's a very John Madden, uh, a Maddenism. You can't uh, say boom <laughs> or anything boom. like that. Boom. Boink. Boom. Um, no, but um, I just it, listen. If we can get it done, that's great. But we need to have all the information up front, and you're putting undue pressure on the supplier when you put in a bogus rush job. Well, and that's the thing, right? You put in those those bogus rush jobs because you don't have faith in the supplier, or what for whatever reason you put in a bogus rush order. How is a supplier supposed to delineate what's real, what's not, and why your rush order should go in front of that rush order? You know what I mean? Because you, you know, you, Stephen's not the only one kind of doing it. You also run the risk of, uh, you know, I mean, you're basically increasing the risk of the job going pear-shaped or, or incorrectly. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the more rush you put on a job, the more likely there are for in- incidences to go wrong. Um, and quite honestly, when the job goes wrong and then you've got, you turn around and you want it, uh, you want it fixed or you want it rerun or whatever, and we have to do it in a day or two. And because you have all of a sudden this extra time that you built into it, well, if we had that extra time, we could have done the job right the first time. Right. Um, and we wouldn't have had to go through this additional expense. Okay. I got something to say. Uh-oh. <laughs> so... First off, what question about that? So, and I don't, I don't know Nick very well, but whose lack of preparation are they? Are they referring to? It, it doesn't matter. It's either you or the client. It's whoever the lack of preparation falls on. Because okay. um, I understand where you're going with that, so I'm just going to cut you off. I understand that uh, a lot of times it's the customer, but I will say this as a distributor, just like it's my job as a supplier to educate you on how certain things need to be ran, it's also your job as a distributor to educate your customer on how sure. jobs need to be run. And you know, I understand like in most of the times because I've I've sat in uh, even when we did the the Elite 100 form with I Promote You, and they did the uh, the end user panel or whatever. Um, where they actually brought in a couple uh, a couple end users to this event, and they they you know threw a bunch of questions at them specifically you know like this, and a lot of times they said, look, you know, anytime there's a rush job, more than likely it's actually a rush job, and we do try to plan things accordingly to you know the marketing calendar or the schedule or whatever, but there are certain things that just come up. Uh, that we didn't have the time to prepare for. Um, so I understand that sometimes it does fall on the end user. Um, but, you know, th- you got to understand that there's some distributors out there that don't educate the end user. Yeah, I agree. And I, But where I was going with that is, what's the alternative? Like, so our client didn't prepare, right? They need it still. So as a, as a you know, solutions provider, which is more or less what we are as opposed to, you know, promotional product distributors, that that's our job, right? That's, that is, that's how we have these little wins, you know, like Disney always has their, their chart of, you know, making something that's a big deal. That's not your fault happen. And that's the magic zone. So like, that's, that's what we try to focus on is how do we make those wins? So regardless of, like you said, who, whose fault is it? Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe that wasn't the right approach though, but it still falls on us because there are, online outlets you're battling there's there's other people that'll say okay fine i'll i'll, I'll take a step at it because even if i mess it up it's a new client you know i'll try it you know I'll, I'll do it 
So, and, and I also, I get a little weary when I hear the approach of, you know, rushing it could lead to a mistake. Like, I, th- I think that suppliers should not offer it if they think that's going to make a mistake. Like, just don't offer it. And I think that's... Well, what I mean by that is sometimes yeah. you have to change the process uh, in order to get something gotcha. through faster than normal. Uh, like, for us, standard production domestically is two days for approved, five days production plus shipping okay sure so if you need if you call me today you know on a monday or or whatever day it is and you need the job by thursday of the same week uh that's not within standard turn times so the only way i'm going to be able to fit that into my production schedule is if number one we skip the proof which i hate doing i personally would prefer that everybody got a physical pre-production sample in their hands prior to every single order so they know exactly what they're getting because even the proofs you know they you know people look at them and I, i think this is another topic for another podcast but you know how often are you actually presenting the proofs to your customer are you making that decision um, because oh, yeah. there's a number of times where, you know, the, the end product m- matches the proof identically and the proof was approved, but then the job gets declined. How is that possible? Right. So again, another right. topic for another podcast, but, um, you know, when you change the process and I think, I think there, it's just, I'm not saying that because you put in a rush job, it's going to end up, you know, going pear shaped. That's not what I'm saying, but there are obviously you're putting undue stress on uh, a, a production schedule that has a set, a set, you know, um, turn, turn time, you know, like it's not that we're, you know, trying to be punks about, you know, turning the caps in five days. It's cause we have, you know, a hundred other orders in the system at any given time that, you know, we have to move that schedule around to be able to figure out how to fit that order in and get it out when you need it. Um, you know, but ultimately, I think, uh, you know, the question of we've done it to ourselves, that we could we can work around that. I mean, we look, Headwear has created, um, you know, we've created programs to sort of combat the microwave society that we live in. You know, everybody wants something right now or yesterday. So, you know, we have programs, even overseas capabilities, where we're delivering a finished good, uh, you know, a semi-custom cap from the factory in two to three weeks. Like, unheard of turn times for China. You know, you're delivering the cap in two to three weeks from approval. So, yeah, we're, we're catering to that because we obviously know that there are situations where end users have to have something where they couldn't necessarily plan for it uh, in that amount of time. So, um, yeah, that's basically that. I mean, what are your thoughts, Steve? Steven? Yeah, I just, you know, there's there's a lot there's a lot there. And, you know, like I said, rush jobs for, you know, what I say, 20% roughly what we do. And of that number, 25% of those are, are faulty, which, you know, I think I got into why that is. And there's, there's some history with some of the suppliers. So it's, it's vetted. It's not just arbitrary, but those other ones that we're doing, you know, as rush jobs, I, I think to say, you know, the whole lack of preparedness thing, I, I get it. I get you, you know, being in front of someone doesn't change the fact that they get an opportunity to, have someone come visit them and they need to do a big presentation so we've done like mayor visits well they couldn't prepare for stuff like that stuff happens right so there's mm-hmm. there's things that come up but you know i've always wondered and maybe you can shed some light on this if people are offering rush production you know what what why is why is it an issue like if if they couldn't do it they wouldn't offer it and then i've also wondered in a in you know when we get into standard production times how how much are those hedged on the factory side, knowing the volume that they could get, like, is there, 
is there hedge time on a factory side too, just like we're hedging some of our stuff? You know, is well, that does that I go think, both ways? I don't know. Uh, Stephen, I think you can answer that question a little bit for yourself too, because you're in a in a scenario where a lot of distributors aren't. You actually handle some some on site production. So yeah, we do decorating. I, I don't. Uh-huh. I don't know how many heads you have of embroidery, but let me just ask: like, if you had, you know, fifty heads, so to speak, um, uh, and you had an order come in for thirty thousand pieces of a shirt or a hat or whatever, and you needed to get them out of the door in four days, could you do it? Sure. Can you? Sure. Thirty thousand pieces on fifty heads in four days. No, of course not. Just mess with me. <laughs> so I mean, yes, people people offer rush uh, services. I mean, I know like headwear. We don't necessarily. You but, know, but that's my point. I wouldn't offer that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't offer rush on thirty thousand, right? Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure like everybody's got their little asterisks, you know, on on the job. There's always yeah, fine yeah. print, um, you know, within certain parameters or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's some things that can be done, and I think that's where the whole the whole like you know your lack of preparation leaves me no reason to panic uh, comes into play. It's not. Uh, you know, it's just we can do what we can do and we can't what we can't. We have the responsibility to our distributors to, um, you know, to be very forthright and transparent with that. Agreed. Um, Agreed. But that it, yeah. it should be a two-way street. I mean, the actual facts should be communicated up front to the supplier so that we can get the job done the correct way. I, I agree. I, I, I guess maybe, maybe you can tell me, though, if, if I have to go somewhere else to get it done, are you going to be upset? Or no, if it's something you can't do. If it's something I can't do, I have no reason to be upset. I can't. Okay. I can't. I can't. I have. I mean, I would. I hate turning away orders. Sure. Um, but you know, yeah, there's going to be certain situations, and you know, listen, we're talking about Nick Mirich a little bit. Nick would say, "Hey, you never had the order. You didn't lose the order. You never had it. Right. You know, if it's not something that's within your capabilities, you can't do it. So why would you get pissed about it? Yep. Sure. No, that's a good point. Well, and I think I think the one thing we're still kind of dancing around a little bit is. Maybe not submit orders that are phony, phonally, phonally, is that a word? Fake. It is uh, now. Fake rush. You know, it just creates so much stress on the factories. I don't think supplier, I don't think distributors really realize that. But, all right, so let me, let me counter that because I think of the ones that we're doing, which I think our reasons were, were just, and I don't, like I said, I don't do it arbitrarily, about a, over half of those, I would say over 50% of those have turned out where we needed it as a rush. Like the percent of production wouldn't have worked or something has happened with an order. So I, I don't know that I would stop doing it because it's been proven correct. Now, maybe that's just bad luck or good luck, depending on how you want to look at it. But um, I, I don't know. I feel like there's there's also faulty production times being given out by some by some groups as whoa well. a shot across the bow mm-hmm. jeff franklin how do you respond to that not um, saying you i'm just saying in general well i mean sure there's going to be lulls in every business and that's why when you call a supplier and you say hey can you get this done in three days when your production schedule is five days and if there's nothing on the production schedule hell yeah steven i can do that for you right now buddy um no nah, but I, what I think, if i what if i ask for that no nah, bill you can't get it Oh, two days, it. two <laughs> days for you, Bill. Dang it! <laughs> now, I mean, listen. You have to set some type of production schedule just because the industry sort of depends on that and demands it, right? Like, yeah. you can't just say, "Oh, well, the production is what the production is." Who the hell is going to order for me if that's what I say? So you have to put sort of a, a guideline on what your production schedule is, and you have to have a history of you know what your production is in order to be able to come up with that. 
Um, you know, people that are trying to do 24-hour rush jobs like a SureShip or something like that, I don't know how they do it. It boggles my mind. Um, you know, but ultimately, if we can get a job out the door in three days, two days, whatever, then we're going to do it. So is that a cultural thing that we that the industry did to itself in a lot of ways. Like I don't want to, I don't want to blame a, a customer for a supplier offering a perk to a distributor who then tells their client they can do it because now the client is thinking, well, maybe I don't need to, to start planning with you three months in advance because you told me, you know, or maybe you shouldn't have told me that you have these abilities or you've come through in a pinch for me and in less than a week. So this doesn't need to be on the forefront of my planning now because you just you can do this in a week. You can do this in two weeks. Um, I, that, that's where I kind of feel like the industry is. Everyone's popping up with a a sure ship, a one day turn, a, a next day, a red program. Like everyone's got something. Well, and that's and how these things happen, it. right? Yeah. Like somebody somebody comes out with something to sort of uh, disrupt the 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 marketplace, and the next thing you know, you get ten other people to jump on board, and then it's a habit across the board. Right. Um, you know, uh, yeah, we have done it to ourselves. I mean, look at look at the industry, you know, 20 years ago or 30 years ago before computers when, you know, you actually had to mail uh, screens to a customer. You know, mm-hmm. that was like that was an actual thing. Like jobs would take two, three months domestically. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't around for that. You use owl, owl I hear service. I hear these stories. Um, no, but I mean, yeah, it's just that it's not I don't necessarily think it's a, a product of the industry. I think it's a product of the society that we live in. Um, everybody wants everything yesterday and you know even like you know when you're talking about like custom jobs yeah well i don't have to plan you know working three months out with you anymore because you've got all these great services but guess what you're missing out on the best of the best when you can't go direct offshore uh, and do a complete custom job you're getting the best price you're getting the best decoration quality you're getting a cap or, or whatever product customized specifically for that event or that job or that customer whatever um, you can't necessarily do that domestically. You're picking a product off a shelf and throwing a label on it or a logo on it. Yeah, and I think one of the things we're missing too is, you know, because you said, you know, we have this microwave society, everybody wants it now, 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 and there's truth to that. But, I mean, if you're looking at the way our industry or just about any industry is set up, people, you know, there's three ways to improve things, better, faster, or cheaper. Mm-hmm. And faster is generally <clears throat> the, the one, well, cheaper is the one, the lowest hanging fruit. I can be cheaper to my competition. That's a race to the bottom. But the next one up is I can be faster. And I don't care what it's going to cost, whether I'm burning through people, because I I know there are suppliers out there that have those seemingly impossible turnaround times, and they're burning through people. They are Mm. burning through people because you can't keep up the pace. And, And I think that's, you know, one of the concerns I have with just the proliferation of, of rush orders is that, you end up really just putting the system, you're stretching it to the max, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. So yep. So to all you distributors out there, think twice before you just simply put rush order on there. Have a conversation with your supplier. I think that's the biggest thing is, hey, look, I've got an order I need pretty quick. It's not a rush, but I need help. There are no, there, the best four le- words in the English language are, I need your help. And you, you are, you, uh, speak squarely and honestly and candidly with your supplier partners they're going to do everything they can to help you out am i wrong in that jeff no i think you're absolutely correct and i think you would agree too Stephen. i would agree 
again, a very half-hearted uh, <laughs> endorsement from Stephen McFadden. I feel like becoming, I, I feel becoming like I known for on this podcast. I just feel like I took an industry problem and made it my fault. Like, like no. in the last twenty, you can't years. get no, no, defensive, no. Stephen. Yeah, you, this, it, it see, the, pro- the problem is it's not just you, man. There's like there's a hundred distributors doing the same thing at the same time. So how are you supposed to get it all out at the same You're time right. as a supplier? It's not just Absolutely. me. It's also you, Jeff. I got it. It, well, is and, me. it was also it was your fault before, before we ever started recording this podcast. This podcast did nothing to help your case or hurt it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You but know. I tell you what, if you are looking for some help, what? and you oh, I'll tell you what, you want to go to Hall's I Hall's and Company, better known as ID Line, that 48 year old family run company. Great staff, super great staff, always willing to help you out. They've got hundreds of years of combined experience. They've really set up a really nice free self-promo website. It's at selfpromo.idline.com. You can upload your artwork, all the details you want, and they're going to produce 100 free restick calendars just for you. Those are repositionable decals that keep your name in front of your clients. Gentlemen, as always, great debate. Not sure we solved anything except McFadden sends every order as a rush. For now um, on. From now on, every order is <laughs> a rush. So on that note, I think we'll say uh, farewell for now, and we'll see you next week. See you guys. Take care. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.